0: Hey everyone, this is Kendall from the Recording Lounge Podcast. It is Sunday, February 7th, 2010, which the show is probably being posted on Monday, but this show, we've got some good stuff for you. I'm here today with a very interesting show. I know that we haven't had a podcast in a while, and we'll be back to our fourth episode in the series, Creating and Maintaining and Starting and Whatever, a Project Studio, which we've already done three episodes on, but... Right now, we're going to do another podcast. Uh, Daniel's not here today, but I'm going to do another podcast for a really interesting topic. There's two things I really want to talk about today, and that is a shootout, first of all, between real amp distortion, real amp sounds, and uh, software amp sounds, and the other shootout this is going to be an interesting one is a 57 shootout pretty much everybody who's doing recording has an SM57 lying around somewhere and so I've seen a lot of episodes online where you have like uh, a mic shootout between similar mics an SM57 an Audix i5 um, that Sennheiser 609 or or whatever the heck that mic is uh, people often use for you know recording uh, guitar and they also have ribbon mics and Roy R121s and Fatheads and RE20s and other large diaphragm dynamics like that. And, and So, what I thought is okay, well, there's way more to just shootouts than having the right mic. There's way more to getting guitar tone than just having the special mic. And those shootouts are also, to me, they seem a little flawed sometimes because, I mean, if you're off an inch, your, your tone is going to be different. And there's no way you can put the capsule of an i5 100% directly where you put the capsule of your 57 and especially if you have them recording up at the same time then they're inches away at least and so that to me doesn't seem like a very good test so the shootout I've got for you today is an interesting one it's a 57 shootout with itself the only mic we're using is an SM57 and what we're doing is putting it in different places we're putting it Directly in front of the cone, we're putting it uh, 45 degree angle from the center of the cone. We're putting it six inches away, and we have the classic uh, what some sound guys do at crappy, uh, which is crappy technique, honestly, where they uh, throw your mic over the uh, handle of your amp and let it hang in front of the speaker. And so we're gonna hear some different clips of some things that we recorded. Now this is how we kept our test. Logical and we kept it real. What I've done is recorded direct in with my uh, Universal Audio 710, recorded direct in my guitar, and I will play that clip for you right now. So, as you can hear, it was kind of a little sloppy. Sorry about that. But <laughs> uh, the reason we've done this is so that we can remove the playing variable from the equation. We record direct in, and then what we're going to do is reamp using a reamping box, which is essentially a reverse direct box, which is a, you know it is an impedance switcher. Essentially, you're going from low Z guitar signal to high Z. Uh, <clears throat> You know, you, you've you seen them. You know, what they, you know what they are. So you can go into a sound system going live to a mic input or whatever. So what we're doing here is running the reamper out into the input jack of the amp. So we play back the direct signal. It goes through the amp and then we record it so that every time we're playing back the same file. Now we've got a handful of positions here that we want to play and we're not going to spend too much time on them because we don't we don't want you to just get droned out of your mind listening to all these positions because yes it is the same clip and yes it is the same mic and yes it is the same app and yes it's the same distortion pedal however we'll play just a little bit of each one because we want you to hear the differences in some standard miking setups and how one sounds a little darker than the other or the other one sounds a little bit more hollow sounding even or sounds far away or something i'm running into a fender hot rod deluxe class a tube amp and for my distortion i'm using a love pedal kanji eternity something so what we're going to start off with is a clip that is 57 directly in front of the amp perpendicular to the cone just one inch away standard mic setup here we go So that's your pretty basic setup. Now, this is what we did. We moved the mic just a few inches to the left and put it in between the uh, center of the cone and the edge of the speaker. Here we are. Now, there's there's definitely a decrease in some presence and brightness of that. And here we have the mic... Pointing at the center of the speaker, but six inches away. Now the last one we're gonna play you is the mic hanging down in front of the speaker. Or what this happens a lot live and honestly the tone is not too great. seemed like a lot of the transients on that one were kind of blurred and you couldn't really even hear the separation and the picking you know i mean i it sounded really dull to me so now the next set we're going to show you are uh the 57 angled 45 degrees those all of those were perpendicular to the cone meaning you know at a 90 degree angle uh, the speaker's a flat plane and the mic is 90 degree angle to that Well, uh, this next set is 45 degree angle, so we're going to do the same thing other than the hanging. We're going to do one inch away from the center of the cone, between the center and the edge, and then six inches away. So here's the first one, one inch away from the center of the cone at 45 degree angle. Here's the one that is between the center and the edge of the speaker. This last one, again, is six inches away, pointing at the center of the speaker cone. Six inches away, pointing at the speaker cone. As you can tell, the ones that are farther away seem to sound pretty thin. Um, part of that's probably because of proximity effect on the speaker, but, uh, you know, we're dealing with uh, some interesting miking concepts here because, as we've noticed in the first set and the second set, the one that is one inch away from the center, or just right on the center of the speaker, sounds the brightest and the deepest. sounds the most focused. Well, as you start, start to move away, you get a little darker. However, when you start to move six inches away... A lot of your low end is gone, so you're back to being bright again. Which means proximity effect is your friend when using the dynamic mics like the 57, and when using just about any mic, proximity effect can really help you get some beefiness out of instruments. I mean, that's uh, one of the key components of using large diaphragm condenser mics on a kick drum on the outside. One of the standards in the studio world is is. Uh, A U47 FET mic, um, or a 67. And, you know, those are great mics to put on the outside of a kick, and they get a huge sound to complement the uh, usually the mic that's on the inside, which is some sort of, you know, AKG D112 or MD421 or RE20 or whatever mic you want to use inside of a kick. Um, So this last set is a 57 paired with another mic, now, how we, we did this the same way. We kept uh, we kept the same clip, the same audio clip, but we added in a MD-421, a Sennheiser MD-421, and then we also added in a Perlman TM1, which is a hand, hand-wired uh, valve mic from Dave Perlman. Uh, go check them out. They're really, really beautiful mics. Um, oh, I, I'm blown away by it. I, I love the mic. I mean, it's... Uh, just go check out, I think it's pearlmanmicrophones.com so uh, here's the first one which is an an SM57 Uh, we've got the 57 panned right like we have been still and the MD421 is panned left so here we go So maybe that was a little difficult to kind of hear the difference between them. That's because the mics were both at a 45-degree angle, one on the right side facing in and one on the left side facing in. Um, So it was a little difficult to hear both of them. However, uh, we also didn't play with any delay times. I mean, we could have easily uh, delayed one of those just a few samples and gotten a bigger sound like this. So that was just how the MD421 track was delayed just a few samples, and that's really all I, ha- all I had to do for that. So well, you can play around with that more on your own time. But the next one we want to show you is the 57 uh, at a 45-degree angle from the cone center of the cone and a Perlman TM1 about a foot away facing the center. Beefy. That Pearlman really adds some uh, some body to the sound. Here's that same sound uh, s- delayed again. Delayed. Uh, the Perlman track is delayed just a few samples. I like that a lot. Now, this is not replacement for double tracking, and we'll talk about that in just a second. This next one is with all three mics, the MB421, the 57, and the Perlman. What's great about this setup is you can really mess around with the phase tones and adjust the sound of each one. You can use them kind of like EQ. I mean, the Perlman is a beefy mic, sounds great on vocals, sounds great on acoustic, sounds great on just about everything, honestly. And the 57s a little more of a brighter mic and th- than the Pearlman, at least. And the MD421, to me, at least, seems to be a pretty balanced mic. And so re- really great attack on the MD421, really great low end. Uh, mid-range is pretty tight on the MD421. That's why the MD421 is great for things like uh, toms and kick and bass, because they have a really tight attack, uh, really fast response, and lots of good warm low end and a really tight mid-range. So what you can do is play around with these mics rather than adding a bunch of EQ. You can just kind of play around with, you know, uh, okay, I want the 57 a little louder to add some more high-end, or I want the Perlman a little louder to beef up the tone some more rather than having to just boost some EQ. So here's all three of those mics together. Again, the 57 and the MD-421 are at 45-degree angles from the center of the cone, and the Perlman is about a foot away facing the center. (laughs) Now, while that might not sound too special or too full, now that you've got these three mics, here's an example of a tone you could create by shifting around pans and phase and all sorts of things like that. I think that's some good tone and obviously i haven't added any eq to this compression or or or, or whatever no effects no reverb nothing this is totally dry so and this isn't even you know i spent about five or ten minutes getting the amp tone set up and depending on the song that's going to be your first choice is going for your amp tone your guitar choice i'm just doing this uh just as a basic example of the different sounds you can get from what you've got and I mean you can mess around with your guitar amp for hours and getting the right tone and I suggest you do that. It's, it's extremely important to get the sound right at the source. The next example we're going to show you real quick is an example of double tracking and triple tracking. We can get great tones from one mic, the 57. Now, if you just use 157 in one position and you really like how it sounds, but you want it to sound bigger, you can record over it by recording something similar or playing a harmonizing sort of guitar line. What we're going to do is play the original and then play it again with the added second line. And to me, that sounds great. I mean, that's a great old rock tone that'll work for most, you know, rock genres of uh, of all kinds. Double tracking is an extremely useful tool, and you don't have to have more mics than just a 57, and you just record it twice, play the same thing. However, we're going to show you one more example, which is triple tracking, and on the third track what we added is a harmony. So we'll play what we just played again, and then we'll play it again and, re- and add in the harmony track. So here we are. And with the harmony... So as you can see, there's plenty of options for you to do with just a 57. You don't have to go out and buy a Royer R121. Rejoice. However, that's a phenomenal mic. Don't get me wrong. Um, The point is, don't be so upset with your gear selection when you're doing micing for guitar amps. Don't be so upset. Man, I need a better mic. Man, I wish I had a, a large diaphragm condenser mic. Or man, I wish I had a 414, or a U47, or a U87, or whatever the heck, you know, anything, don't always wish that you had something new, when instead you can make a lot better use of what you've got. And, I mean, really, as long as you've got a tube amp, you're in good shape. Solid state amps, to be honest, are really hard to make them sound great. Um, I think that digital amps probably sound just as good, if not better, then solid state amps, recorded. Um, but tube amps outweigh them all, always. And how we're going to test that is actually show you right now. This is the second shootout. We're going to show you an example of two of the tracks we just recorded. Uh, we're going to show you the double track things that we just did. On Amplitube, which is a amp modeling software, they have a setup that's Supposed to model sort of a Fender American, good old American uh, amp. And I'm going to set it to be 112, which is what my amp is. And I'm going to set it to be a 57, right on the center, which is what we did for those projects. And we're going to see how they match up. I'm going to try to get them to sound similar, um, but we're going to see how they match up. I'm going to play both of them, and I'm not going to tell you which one is which. You might be able to guess. I hope you can. Here's the first one. And the second, and as you might have been able to tell, the second was the emulation. Now, obviously, I could have sat there and worked with the EQ for a long time, but the point is, why? If you've got a tube amp, use it. It's almost always going to sound better than the emulations. And don't get me wrong, there are some great emulations. But in my opinion, I mean, I'm a a classic tone guy. I I would rather take a tube amp that was just about to blow up than the best amp modeler out there for digital. I just always, always, always would pick a tube amp over a digital piece of gear um, or software plug-in. It, it just always sounds better, even with a 57, $100 mic. Now, I could sit there and mic up these amps for hours and find the best tone possible and get the right guitar and the right player and the right pick and strings and everything and really get it to sound great. And my opinion is that you can do the same things for the uh, amp modeler, but you're just teaching yourself bad habits. If you can't get good tone from an amp, how can you really call yourself a guitarist? Who would really choose a digital amp modeler over a tube amp? The only time I've ever used one is if I was in a situation where uh, I was adding a guitar mainly for texture. I was adding a guitar just to be in the background and I would EQ it pretty dark. I mean, so dark that you couldn't hear the digital harshness or any, you know, whatever you might call it. Usually, that'll be in situations where I'm trying to fill out a chorus or something. And I might add, I might add some, but you got to be very careful with your distortion. One thing I've suggested to people doing is using good pedals, using nice pedals for their um, going straight in, going direct. I mean, go from your guitar into your pedal board, into your interface, or into your preamp, or whatever. So use your distortion from your pedals, because it's almost always better than the distortion on, like, Amplitube. And what you can do with that is then use the cabinet simulation and the amp simulation, and, and almost always it sounds better. I Just try it. It sounds better than trying to use the pedal emulations or the front end of a tube amp emulations on those distortion uh, plugins Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast if you have any questions or comments please let us know you can email us at recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com again check out the blog at recordinglounge.blogspot.com Another thing I want you guys to check out is some of the videos I've posted on YouTube, and I've posted them under my name there, but if you just type in Recording Lounge, and if that doesn't work, maybe type in Pacific Resonance, which is Pacific like the ocean, and Resonance, R-E-S-O-N-A-N-C-E, like sound, um, or Kendall Osborne, which is me, K-E-N-D-A-L-O-S-B-O-R-N-E. You should be able to find some of the videos I've posted. I've done some tutorials in Cubase. Innuendo. So if you guys have any questions, please let me know. Email me on there, email me on Gmail, email me wherever. Leave comments on the blog, and we hope to see you guys soon. Thank you very much.